So again, today is September 1st, 2022, and we're going to be getting Rob McEwen's two cents on gold and copper. Gold has been the worst performer for the last decade. Copper prices are down from their highs of March this year when they looked copper looked very promising and it's down over a dollar a pound since then. So where are gold and copper headed and what has got Rob so excited that he can't wait to share the news with us today? We'll be getting started on this shortly. All right, so again, here is Rob McEwen. He's the chief owner of McEwen Mining. Are you, I would assume you're the chairman as well. Uh, yes, sorry, <laughs> forgot to turn off my phone. Yes. Okay, so I hear you have some exciting news to share. Do you wanna start with the good news that you have to share or should we uh, talk about the dismal performance of gold over the past decade. <laughs> um, let's start with the good news. That's always better to start with a smile. Yes. Uh, well, yesterday we announced that we had closed the financing that had started last year um, to fund our subsidiary McEwen Copper. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, we closed on 81 million. Um, and I had led the financing with a $40 million investment of my own. Okay. Um, the copper project is a very large copper project located in Northern Argentina on the border with Chile. And I think it'll be a large contributor to the electrification of transportation and um, the growth of the technology of renewable energies. Uh, we've, um, engaged a, an architect out of Seattle that uh, is very prominent in the green living building space and said, could you help us reimagine mining so that uh, our buildings sort of blend back into the earth when we're finished and that we don't use a lot of water or power or less than what is conventional and that uh, it's just that our impact on the environment, while it would be large, it won't be as significant as traditional mining. So Fantastic. I'm quite excited about embarking on that. And I'm going to pause this for just one second. Okay. Well, that's, that's all really good news. As you know, we all like, um, we, I mean, we know our planet needs healing. And we also know that electrification is a part of it. And obviously mining is tough on the planet. Um, but, you know, it's also part of our future. Copper is exciting, right? Because we know yeah. that it's one of the most exciting metals for the new energy, uh, you know, process. Um, but the prices so. are down a little bit right now, which happens, um, you know, when the economies weaken a little bit. You want to, um, well, also, you're, you're, uh, you were oversubscribed, weren't you, on that uh, copper raise that you just did? On that financing yes. round, yes. that's good news too, right? So you feel like you have enough cash to get where you need to go? Yes, we're, we're going to be updating what is called a preliminary economic assessment. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we'll, after we do that, 
will drive to a feasibility study, a definitive feasibility study, which is basically outlining all of your costs and operating parameters, and then you build. So uh, that'd, be, that'd be in end of 24, we'd have a definitive feasibility study and then look to build from there. Uh, we'd be building up, the original plan had being using a mill and there'd be a very large tailings facility. And we said, well, that's not very good. So it's a heap leach operation that uses less water, less power, um, and uh, is easier on uh, the capital raise as well. So good. three benefits. Okay. All right, so everybody should be thinking about that it's gonna stay in this exploration range until at least the end of 2024 and then maybe you'll start producing thereafter is there that the kind of timeline we should be looking at here um development would start probably start in 25 okay and it would take a couple of years okay so you're looking at you know cash flow or just revenue starting probably in 28 or something so this is to bring a mine on it takes quite a bit of time for all the permitting and then the construction to get okay. going. But what we, the, um, the announcement, we closed on the financing and the, the last big order came in, it was a $25 million um, ticket that mm -hmm. the arm of Rio Tinto, which is the second largest mining company in the world, they, their technology arm uh, invested 25 million in the project. So um, it's an endorsement on the project and a number of sources have said that this is within the 10 largest undeveloped copper deposits in the world and one of the, could be one of the lower cost projects in the world. So um, it's got some things going for it. Their technology claims that they can get higher recoveries and use less water uh, than, and have faster revenue than the current form of heat leach processing, which is to break the rock up into much smaller pieces, almost like gravel, and then saturate it with solution. It'd be a biological leach. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's just less capital intensive, less water intensive, less power intensive. Well, this is all good news. Um, how about on the gold projects? Do you have any exciting news happening on the McEwen gold uh, gold side? I'd say finally, uh, the last couple of years have been very hard on our shareholders. Yes, and, and including uh, you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the largest shareholder right now. Um, between McEwen Copper and McEwen Mining, I have $220 million invested and our market cap is less than that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you sort of feel the pain, uh, but I'm quite confident. I, I put 15 million in uh, recently in the last couple of months, and just I like what what's happening now. Um, it looked like we were on a recovery late last year, and then first quarter of this year, COVID struck all three of our mines, and there were some equipment issues, and that the performance was not good in the second yeah. quarter. Two of our operations came back and we're meeting guidance. And right now the third one that was a laggard is now coming on stream. So I'm feeling much more comfortable about that as well. 
So today you could, there are a couple of benchmarks if you wanted to say, well, what is this copper project possibly worth? Yeah. Um, within, within the province that we're in in Argentina, there are two other copper projects that have price points to use. One in April was purchased for $485 million. And then there's another one. It's a publicly traded company as well. And it, it was traded up to 3.3 billion uh, market cap. It's currently 2.2, but mm -hmm. it, it did it on the back of some exploration, some fabulous exploration drill holes. But based on their published information right now, our deposit is more than um, double the size of these deposits. Uh, it's higher grade, it's closer to infrastructure, highways and power grids, it's lower altitude, so it doesn't intrude on glaciers and perma glaciers, which is a hot topic in Argentina and elsewhere mm -hmm. in the world. Right. Um, and the capex is lower, at least wow. in this model right now. So I looked at it and said, well, at 485 million, um, if you discounted that by 50% um, and took McEwen's share of McEwen Copper and said, well, what's behind each share? Right now, there's about $3.48 uh, of value behind every share that's trading for $3. And if you said, well, maybe it's equal to the same price, then it's just under seven. And if you said, since it's twice as large, it's higher grade, it's closer infrastructure, lower altitude, maybe it gets premium of 50%. Then you have $10 of value behind every share. And that's before taking into account the 150 to 170,000 ounces of gold we're gonna produce this year. So you're, you definitely look more optimistic. You know, when I, was, when I tell people about talking with you, I always say, look, he is transparent. He's not like, a lot of CEOs that only come out and just tell you good news and you know kind of blow the smoke a bit. He really will. I mean, I remember our before the pandemic, you know, it was it was frightening and you were very yeah. transparent. So when you said exciting, I thought, wow, this is cool, finally. So do you finally, think that we yeah. can yeah, do you, I'm sure, do you think that we can break out of this very low performance? And can you explain to us? I mean, I've, I mean, everybody that invested in gold is just either really beaten up or they're really mad about what they perceive as bank price fixing of gold. Yes. How do you feel about that statement um, and also the other factors that have been inhibiting gold prices? Well, certainly it seems counterintuitive that the price of gold is going down when Russia's invading the Ukraine China's rattling sabers every time someone visits Taiwan. Um, and you would think that type of tension in the world would have propelled gold much higher. I can say that during the crisis with the Ukraine, the Ukraine was a large seller of gold. It was a large holder of gold and they sold during that period that might mm. put downward pressure on the price. I think they sold about $13 billion worth of gold. Um, right now it's with the rates with the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates, uh, the dollars become quite an attractive asset for global investors. And so all commodities are quoted in dollar terms. So on a relative basis, they're all going south 
as the dollar is going north. Um, right. And I, I think when you look at the gold sector, there was a lot more attractive areas to invest, it seemed. Technology was running strong. Um, and then the speculative aspect started to hurt and gold was forgotten about. Um, you look at crypto, but I, I'm a big believer in gold. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but it's gone through a number of millennium to uh, protect wealth. And it's, I think it'll continue to do so. Do you that think that there, do you think there'll come a, a I mean, cause you know, we have seen certain things that are highly correlated with gold prices going up, right? Like, um, and things that, that aren't, that people believe are, like definitely a weak dollar or when people start losing faith in stocks. So, you know, you, we see that in the beginning of recessions that gold prices do go down. And then once people really think we're in the apocalypse, boy, do, you know, they get very interested in gold. Do you think that uh, also, the last time that gold hit its high, it was when the U.S. credit was downgraded by Standard & Poor's. Um, we don't have a credit downgrade looming right now, but do you, do you think that the massive amount of debt, um, you know, insta instability in the world, do you think that there are some things that are going to make people lose faith in equities and maybe the dollar going forward? Very much so. You also have to take in some cyclicality this summer. This summer is probably special compared to many others because the threat of COVID seems to be further away and yeah. people started traveling um, and just trying to enjoy life for a bit. Um, so, and we're right this week in particular is probably one of the slowest market weeks of the yeah. year, other than holidays at the end of the year. Um, so it, the movements get accentuated, the volumes are lighter uh, and people can move market prices around easier in that light volume. Uh, yeah. but, but the gold price, I think there's attractive value out there and it, it just hasn't been a popular place to put any money recently. Uh, you've got some, some of the gold stocks, uh, Barrick and Newmont, their dividends are around 5%, 6%. And you're going, hey, well, that's not bad in an environment such as we're in. And that's gold. And it has a chance, uh, a large upside potential there. Yeah. And their equity prices are, you know, historically not, not bad too. I mean, yours is a bargain for sure. You don't have the dividend at this point, which we have to point out, obviously. But yeah. um, definitely your bargain price from, you know, some of the highs that you've seen over you know, the time that you've been yes. doing this at McEwen. Of course, we remember you back at Gold Corp too. Um, you know, let's talk a, a little bit about countries because you mentioned that Ukraine had sold. You know, we do have, obviously the U.S. is the largest holder of gold, but China and Russia have moved up quite a bit. Um, are you concerned with Russia in a recession that they may need to sell some gold? Not at the moment. I, I think China and Russia are traveling along a line or a strategy where they want to back their currency by gold to yeah. present an alternative to the dollar. Yeah. We've certainly and, seen a lot of news about that. Yeah. And you have, Russia's benefited from this war from a standpoint of the price of oil's gone up and the price of commodities has gone up and they're a big seller of both. 
which is perverse, but they've been benefiting and all the boycotting and that has just driven up prices all around the world of what they yeah. sell. Um, I don't know if they planned that, but they are, they are known for being good chess players. Um, sometimes outfoxing a lot of other politicians. They Might definitely. Not be nice, yeah. Well, and what about your gold projects? Are you, uh, do you have ample reserves? Um, are there any exciting new drill holes or in, like in, in Nevada, anything else that you wanna to report to us? Sure, in um, Timmins, which is an old established gold camp in Northern Canada. Yeah. Um, we've been drilling, we have a preliminary economic assessment or an early business plan to expand production. That's uh, right now where the economics look good except for the payback period. It, it was out at six years and I thought that was unduly long. So uh, our exploration is uh, shortening that window. Uh, I'd like to get it under three years. Um, so that's happening. That would give us another nine, 10 years in Timmins of known uh, mineralization. Um, Mexico, we're working on that as well. Uh, there's a 10-year extension there. We were just working on driving down the CapEx, but it'd be a low entry. Good margins, not huge production, but good margins. And then in, uh, we had some problems in Nevada. We hit something called carbonaceous ore and carbon, when you put it in a heap leach, it tends to absorb your gold and reduces oh. your recovery. So we oh, had lovely. to scramble. It's not a it's not a nice thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh, so we did more exploration, and we're opening up a satellite deposit right now to uh, deal with that shortfall. So it it, it that was the laggard in our uh, sources of production, and I'd say third fourth quarter it'll improve greatly. So. Um, Great. Argentina, there we have a gold silver mine at the bottom of Argentina and our operator, um, they're doing some exploration. It surrounds Newmont's Cerro Negro mine that um, I guess it was originally owned by Gold Corp after I left, but they, they bought it for 3.4 billion. Um, it's producing just under 300,000 ounces a year, reasonable cost. Um, maybe one day they wanna buy us, not sure that that property that we surround them with. Ah, yeah. very good. Well, is there anything else that we should be talking about with regard to the future of gold, copper, and of course, McEwen mining and McEwen copper? Well, if we want to clean our air, we're going to have to use copper. So we're in a good space there. And if we want to protect ourselves against the ravages of inflation and devaluation, you want some gold in your portfolio and we can provide that as well. Much easier so to buy a, buy stock in gold than to try to store it yourself, right? Yes, and, and particularly when it's discounted the way it is right now, it might be a cheaper way of getting your exposure to gold. Yeah, a lot of the gold miners are very discounted. I mean, you were talking about your valuation versus maybe even your asset valuation. Uh, do you want yes. to talk just a little bit about that? Because right now your market cap is low, your 
your share price is low um, versus you know what you think that you can be doing in terms of revenue and then of course the future upside of adding in uh, copper well we had as i said earlier on we had a couple of years of very um, unfortunate production where guidance was missed by a large margin and i think a lot of people just said okay i've had enough of this i'm going to go look for better ground and so we have been largely ignored which i would have expected too um, yeah but it's turning and i think this is a time when there's an opportunity to get in at a low price with a fairly good lift coming um, on the recovery of the precious metals but also on the copper the copper is a large wild card there and um, the majors are certainly scouring the earth looking for places where they can augment their production and the neighboring two countries chile and peru provide 40 percent of the world's copper production annual copper production and their governments are leaning decidedly to the left so that's causing people to defer capital expenditures in those countries but they're saying this is a very prolific area for copper and Argentina, for probably political reasons in the past, hasn't encouraged an investment, but it's now getting investments in lithium and uh, trying to roll out the welcome mat to mining companies. And they're, they're so you would that. you would be open to suitors of the McEwen uh, Copper Project. We certainly have conversations. Uh, I'd like to see us move a little further to deal with some of the, uh, there were some concerns expressed a few years ago and they just said, well, because of those, we're gonna discount it. And I said, uh, when I put my money in, I said, let's address all those concerns so they're no longer on the table so that the type of price we're looking at is considerably higher. So as I said earlier on, you have two price points in the same province, copper, and they're smaller than us. And one's 500 million and the other's 2.2 billion right now. So, and we just did this issue based on, a, it would have a value of 260 million. So there's a double plus in my mind there. Good. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and explaining this to us. It's interesting because gold is like, it's no, you know, not very popular right now, but boy, when it gets hot, everybody wants it and it goes very, it can shoot up very fast. So anybody who is interested in this space, I think now is the time, you know, you always want to be, uh, you don't want to be contrarian, stupid contrarian, where you're trying to buy into something that has no value, but if you see something that has really been valued over, like you said, the millennia, and uh, it actually might be trading for a pretty good price, then you know you want to do that when it's not popular, right? Absolutely, all the time, contrarian. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it. If you have one, any last uh, comments, I'm happy to hear them. I hope everyone has a very successful investing fall in the yeah. the autumn. Not a crash. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> well, do you want, I mean, you, I know that you are very, very astute about capital markets. Um, do you want to talk about what you think is going to happen? I mean, and that's, that's the interesting thing too, right? Is that 
you want to be properly diversified. You want to have enough safe. You want to know what's safe in a world where bonds are not necessarily, you know, performing the way people would expect them to in a normal world. So I, you know, we could access your capital markets wisdom. I'd love to hear your, your two cents on the economy, uh, whether or not we're in a recession and how bad it would be. Well, first, uh, commodities and precious metals are late stage market movers, traditionally. So you could call it, are we in the late stage? You have to come to that opinion, but you, uh, they're the movers. I do, I am very concerned about the amount of money that has been uh, put into the system by all countries around the world. It is just yeah cheapen the value of currencies beyond belief, unprecedented. Yes. Um, the debt that was put on with the assumption it would stay below the 100-year average forever, um, and it doesn't. Um, so we haven't yet seen the ramifications. I, I guess everybody's focused on what's going to happen to Europe in the winter if um, they aren't getting their fuel. Um, some of the areas, the transition is hard to go get rid of fossil fuels right now because some of the supplies are being disrupted. Um, so you might, you've seen movements in uranium that was just sort of sitting still for a long time and oil, but it, it's coming off right now. Um, I think the world will, it'll come back in the fall and then you have to wonder where it's going because there's a lot of speculation that is um, hurting people's sense of wealth right now. So hopefully people don't get too scared by what's happening. So where do you go? Well, yes, diversified portfolio is good. I tend to be fairly um, imprudent that way because I've concentrated a lot in the uh, natural resource space because we need need a lot of those metals no matter yeah. where we go yeah and that's your business too you know yes yeah so my crystal ball's a little foggy right now as to where it's going and there have been a couple of surprises this year that uh, didn't seem to be expected like the, the uh, court, like the ukraine um yeah and a few others I, I'm just happy to be alive, enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> it, there's a lot to be thankful for, and you can get wrapped up in the market too much. And I, I think we all have to say thank you very much for allowing us to live in this world. It's a pretty beautiful world. Yes. We just got to keep it that way. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to say thank you for looking into all the green. I, I know, as we talked about a lot, that mining is, you know, a fairly dirty business. But the fact that you're looking at the greenest ways and the less footprint possible, thank you on behalf of all of us for that. Oh, you're welcome. You might. The architect we're using, um, he's out of Seattle. His name is Jason McLennan, and uh, his firm was just bought by a very large firm, but his was McLennan Design. And if you wanted to see a, a house that's 
totally off grid, but very beautiful. It's called Heron Hall. It has its own website. Wow. Just H-E-R-R-O-N Hall. Okay. And uh, he designed it and he lives in it with his family. Uh, it's a beautiful home. But wow. Off grid in Seattle. Is it hydro powered? Do you know? No, it's solar. Wow. All right, I'm gonna look at it. Thanks again, Rob, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, gold is a, a good way to diversify, um, a good way for safety. It's a good price. I, I'm definitely invested, full disclosure folks, and I'm invested in the QN mining. I just believe in, uh, in you, Rob. I know that you're in, you have integrity and, and wisdom and a way of looking at issues to solve the problem in, in unique ways that I think is rare. Well, thank you, Natalie. Thank you for your interest and the time. We'll talk soon. You thank look you. great. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye.